Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And the other thing that I really like to help people with in terms of getting past the programming of how they should look, you know, I was on a call with um, all my clients yesterday and we only had women on that call. And I was looking at them. I, I coach men too, but it was just on this call. It was all women. And I was like, look at us. Do any of us look anything like each other? Like our, our builds, our structures, our body composition, like literally nothing like each other. We're all so different, different heights, different shapes. Like, and, but like, we all receive this programming that we should be like whatever you see on TV or, you know, this ideal. And I'm like, we're never going to look like that. You're never going to, I'm never going to look like that. You're never going to look like that. Like th that's not ever going to happen. So it's like, in terms of healing from that kind of programming, it's like, okay, I like to say, this is what I just did with my client. It's like, I want you to go into like a vision state. I want you to get in deep in meditation. And I want you to imagine that you're the only person left on the planet. Everyone's gone. It's like, I am legend style. It's just you. What do you see yourself doing? And how do you want to feel in your body? I don't want you to really see yourself. I want you to be in your body and be doing these things. How do you want to feel in your body? And then ask your body like what it needs in order for you to feel like that and honor that. And so it's like this constant like bringing yourself back inside yourself versus getting out of like the programming of what you should do. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica, so... If that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health. I shouldn't know what episode number it is, but unfortunately, just off the top of my head and with this retarded cold that's going around, um, I'm not quite as mentally sharp as usual. But uh, I have one of my favorite guests back on today. I have Miss Tara Garrison with me. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, Doing better, but, um, you know, good enough. <laughs> Um, good, enough, anyway, good enough to podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I slept like 11 hours last night and it was funny because I was listening to you yesterday. looking forward to our conversation today. And uh, the one thing that uh, you said on somebody else's podcast that if you could impass upon people would be um, sleep, sleep and sleep. And normally I'm in bed around like eight o'clock. But uh, last night. I was in bed by like seven, seven thirty, and I slept until about six thirty this morning. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, not my usual, but uh, I, I felt yeah. like it was necessary. Yeah, I just had this conversation with a client right before we got on here. I'm like, she was like, I'm, I'm needing so much sleep right now, and I was like, let me just ask you first, why do you think that is? She's like, well, I'm processing a lot of trauma right now. I'm like, mm hmm, 
<laughs> and so what I've seen over and over, it's like, just like physiologically or emotionally, like, I'm like, if you're feeling like you need a lot of sleep, freaking sleep, like just honor it. It's so crazy. We, we, we act like there's something wrong. It's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like we poo poo it. Like I shouldn't be so tired. Uh, do I have, I mean, yes, you could have some sort of, you know, iron deficiency or like something going on, but for the most part, it's like, well, wherever your body's at in the meantime, if it's asking for a lot of sleep, freaking do it. It's doing that for a reason, you know? And I've seen over and over, it's like, eventually it's like, oh, I'm not requiring 11 hours of sleep anymore. It's like, cool. Good job letting your body heal. Good job. So anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah, Big fan of sleep. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of seems like there's almost an equilibrium. And we do live in this kind of world where uh, you see a lot of people saying, oh, all the greatest CEOs in the world get up at three o'clock in the morning and then they do, go do cocaine on the toilet seat. <laughs> they're they're yeah. out to the races. They work out super early. But um, what a lot of people may not realize is that either those people are in bed earlier or they're sacrificing that part of their lives for something else. But um, for most people, yeah. that's not going to be optimal for them, no matter how much they want it to be. And um, I think a lot of people tend to get in this grind mindset where, oh, I got to get up early. I got to get up early than everybody else. I got to be working first thing in the morning. Um, they well, don't and I have a pop unpopular long. opinion on that real quick. I'll share. Yeah, good deep feelings of unworthiness and you have to prove your value to the point that you sacrifice your own health and your own mental sanity to prove that you are enough because you're rich or you're good looking or you're blah, 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 blah. That's what that is. And I, I'm, I would say that confidently because if you are at the point where you are so addicted to anything, like so addicted to success and having more and being more or whatever. Okay. Let me ask my question for you is this, what happens if all of that got stripped away from you? What, what, what's your value? Uh, and most of the people who are in that grind mentality of, cause I I've been there takes one to know one. And I've seen it over and over and over and over. It's just like, if you are at the point where you are sacrificing your own wellness, your own like ability to sleep, like you don't deserve sleep. You don't, it's not that you don't feel like you don't deserve sleep. You feel like you don't want to, it's a waste of time because you're so addicted to proving that you are enough through this success and that success. It's, it's unhealed shit. It's trauma response. It is. I've seen it so much. And it's like, it's been so indoctrinated into us too. It's like sleep when I'm dead, you know, that whole mentality. But like my question, if, if, some, if somebody is in that mindset and they don't believe me, it's like, okay, so, so what does it mean about you if you weren't successful? Or what would it mean about you if you weren't fit? Who would you be? And it's like, if you're honest with yourself, it's going to be ugly, you know? And so a lot of that, that self abandonment of like, it you think that you just want it it's like i just want to be successful i don't care like i'm just grinding baby it's like no deep down you feel like if you that you would be worthless or you would be less valuable of a human being if you didn't do that and it leads to those kind of self-destructive behaviors so that's how i feel about that <laughs> no, no i actually really like the way that you laid that out there um and it goes to like a bigger meta conversation because i think about this when it comes to political stuff and not that we're necessarily going to go down that path but like people when it comes to their political beliefs they have this idea that um you know i need to be so far in this side i need to be so far on this side or whatever mm -hmm. to um get to my political ends but though they don't realize that if you're sacrificing everything that makes you know your integrity and your character to get to those ends then what is it really worth when you get there if you know you had to completely sell your soul in the process i don't think it's a worthy goal to chase if that's what you have to do to get there well it's funny you brought that up because i've been talking about this lately the extremes the extreme ends of yeah. political beliefs um to me it's all ego 
Mm-hmm. If you're really, really, really far right, or you're really, really, really far left, you are in your ego and hear me yeah. out. Okay. Because w- I had a really unique experience during the whole COVID everything. Can I say that word? Does this going to like mess up your podcast? <laughs> no, the, no, 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 no. Believe me. I, we get a lot. Okay. I've had so many uh, different videos pulled, but it's normally because oh. of uh, the, the, the certain COVID. Yeah. <laughs> during the whole crazy, just bleep me out right there. Okay. No, you're so, fine. You're fine. <laughs> during the, during the whole shutdown, you know, the whole fiasco, mm-hmm. my two closest girlfriends, one was super Trump, like all, everything that's associated with like, you know, like anti-mandate, like she, she's even, yeah. I mean, I was definitely anti-mandate, but she was, she's like, is an anti-vaxxer like thing you know she's very in that mm. realm of thinking she's in my other side yeah yeah and my other best girlfriend was is an la liberal like all the way right. through and through mm-hmm. okay so these things never really came up in our friendship until the, all this stuff happened right so mm-hmm. i'm very i'm not aligned with either, any of that like i don't i don't align myself with any sort of like political belief system at all and so it was really interesting for me to observe that my friend who was really on the far right for lack of a better way of saying it literally thought she was smarter than all of the people on left she literally thought and i've seen this in so many people they think the left people are stupid Mm -hmm. but guess what they don't know the left people think they're stupid they both think (laughs) each other are literal moron idiot people who don't know how to think critically they both think that Mm -hmm. and that was so interesting to observe because i like to for me coming out of like being a very dogmatic religion that controlled my entire life and then getting rocked to my core and finding out that it i wasn't right about everything and i didn't know everything has developed like pushed me into this you could be wrong though you can open your mind. Like you don't get into this. I know everything mentality. Right. So I'm constantly challenging myself on that. And so I'd like to challenge other people on that. <laughs> and so I would ask them, you know, well, why do you, what about this? Why do you think that, you know, have you considered their point of view? And it's like, Ooh, the ego is so strong. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like I, often not even getting good reasons for why they feel the way they feel. It just this very emotional reaction of, it's just obvious. They, just, they don't even think. It's just maddening. I'm like, well, why do you think the way you think? And it's like, well, just because, you know, I mean, obviously sometimes there are answers, but I see a lot of I'm smarter than everybody else coming when you get into the far extremes of any belief system. You, We can apply this to nutrition, training, mm-hmm. mindset, like p- professional beliefs, like anything. Like when you're super extreme of like, I know the right way, you're you're an ego. You're not open-minded anymore. So anyway, I yeah. just thought I'd offend everybody listening <laughs> just to kick this off. Well, <laughs> you know, what's funny is that um, I've been blessed to uh, be involved and associated with people like yourself who are very, very open-minded and um, are, and I think this is one of the reasons why I enjoy listening to you and talking to you is because um much like myself, you're willing to consider that you're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And your whole do keto, but not forever. And then literally that whole tangent you just went on um, really sums up the way that I think as well is that when you look at both sides, it's like, okay, well, there's actually, um, they have reasonable doubts um, on both sides. And they also have like things that they're right about 
but they take like the little kernel of truth and then blow it up to, you know, make themselves feel better and look right. And they're never willing to consider that maybe I'm wrong. And it is kind of fun to push back on these people a little bit. Yes, it is. And, and yeah, <laughs> just to kind of test the waters a little bit. And I, I, like you said, I really don't think they sit down and think, well, why do I think this? Is this right. just because this is passed on by my chosen ideologues? Or is this something that I actually know through reason, data, and evidence to be true? And I think if a lot of these people would sit down and actually read contrary opinions to theirs or listen to other people who don't necessarily agree with them a lot of regards, they may actually, and in good faith, if they listen in good faith, that's the you know big caveat, then they may come away a little bit better informed and think, okay, well, maybe I was wrong in this regards, but maybe this other part, I'm, I, I'm still correct, but um, I'm not correct for the same reason that I thought. Like, there's a lot of different takeaways to have rather than just, you know, putting your heels in to your mm-hmm. ideology and just you know mm-hmm. doubling down and I, I just can't stand people who are dogmatically one way or the other and aren't open to new data or a new interpretation of the data that they already have for me i find out what i really want to know about someone when not from the opinions that they hold but when i ask them why they have that opinion how they answer that that's when you learn the good stuff so for example, um, I was very against V mandates. I'll put it that way. Okay. Ve- like personally, I was like, oh, hell no. Like I'm not, I oh, was sorry. Should I not swear? Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. I was like, I, I I'm just, that's not okay for me. My per like on any, in any way, shape or form to like literally be threatening to take people's livelihood away if they don't want to partake of an experimental vaccine with no long-term safety data. That's not cool with me. Like I'm, you can, everybody else can do what they want. I'm not doing that. Right. And that's just where I stood. Well, my, one of my, my LA liberal friend was pro mandate, not even just like for the vaccines. Like she was for making people do it. Okay. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to, and I was like, I'm just curious, like why, you know, why? Cause like my knee jerk, what's my knee jerk reaction was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you know, like I could feel all my ego coming in of like, dude, that's so messed up. Like, do you like all the ego stuff is coming in? Do you even like, have you thought this through? And like, you know, I could feel, I'm like, okay, let me chill. And let me just ask her why she feels that way. And her answer, cause she's an amazing person. She's one of my closest friends. Right. Yeah. And she said, because for me, if I have the opportunity to possibly um, reduce harm for someone else, I'm going to do it. Right. And that is more important. Like that seeing how she, I'm like, okay, even though if we want to take all the after effects of like what this means for society and blah, blah, blah I'm what I'm seeing is, is like, she is a person that wants to like, the deepest root of it is like, she doesn't want other people to get hurt. And like, that's how like the, I think the pro, the anti-mandate people were too. They didn't want people to get hurt. And so I started looking at some of these underlying energies and I'm like, everybody wants the same thing. Mm-hmm. They just have a different um, path for getting that. They, they just have, you know, different fields of thinking of like, how can we help people not be harmed? Right. And just, you know, different priorities, different values, different programming, whatever. But to me, you find like, when I ask someone why, like if I say, you know, they're, they're into some really deep conspiracy theory and I'm like, so why, you know, why they, they make some statement like, did you know the government, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, like, and so how, how do you know, like, why do you think that? And if they can't give me a clear answer, 
Like they're like, I don't know. I I mean, I can't remember the details. I heard it on something like mm-hmm. so-and-so said it and they're really reputable. I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm like, oh, okay. So what I learned about you is that you use a lot of confirmation bias in your life. You want, you have this thing where you think the government's big, bad, and horrible. And a lot of us do in so many ways, but like you don't do the thing where you get curious and want to verify that information. You're just right. using that example without thinking. I'm like, okay. You know, and some of, sometimes they might have a really great reason. I'm like, oh, damn, that's really compelling, you know, but it's why I think if we will ask people why they have the opinions they have, that's where we'll find out more about that person than just the opinions that they have. Yeah. So, well, all of what you just said right there really highlights my problem with like alternative media. So like when you look at a lot of these like bigger podcasts that are alt media, let's say like Tim Poole or Joe Rogan and stuff like that. um, I like them. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, and even like stuff like Project Veritas, um, I like the fact that they're providing a different narrative. But the problem is, is that because they say the right things or things that appeal to people who are skeptical of like the general mm-hmm. mainstream narrative, people don't, they trust, but they never verify. They I never, know. right? They, they don't hold these people in the same skepticism as they do I as the mainstream know. media. And it's like, okay, well, you don't think that they have ulterior motives too. And it's not to say that they don't have better motives. But once again, we need to treat totally all right. this information with a heavy amount of skepticism because how do you know you're not being led down another? primrose path to find whatever bs they want you to buy they don't question the questioners there's a lot of people out there that don't question it's like because they're a questioner and that's what it seriously drives me crazy thank you for saying that because i'm like (laughs) okay i know that they're going against the mainstream narrative Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they're right where do they get their information like even like the i mean we're getting political af right now but even like all the balenciaga stuff like that came out to me i'm like i don't what what are people talking about i have no idea what like white rabbit like what what where did this all come from (laughs) and like what is going on and a lot of what i learned i was like okay so they're like just my personal this is just my you know people can think what they want but like my personal i was like none of this is like verified enough for me to get into any of this belief system it's like a lot of assumptions a lot like maybe that's happening i just don't know and that's quite frankly why i don't get into a lot of political stuff because i feel like a um i call it the lazy boy recliner coat <laughs> nfl coach or the ref right and they're yeah. like oh the coach should have done this or the coach should have done that and it's like bro First of all, you're not an NFL coach. And second of all, you don't have all the information he has. He has so much more information than you to be making those decisions. And that's how I feel like about a lot of politics. I'm like, dude, I don't know. It's so impossible to like sort out the truth. There's so much stuff happening that I don't have access to. So a lot of times I feel like having strong opinions about things and like acting like I know what's going on is embarrassing. It's like, no, I don't. All I can do is make a decision of like when something starts to come into my life, I can choose how I feel about that for me. And that's it. That's all. And it's like getting meddling into other people's lives of like, this is what they should do and how they should think. Or like, no. Like, like this is none of my freaking business. All I can do is like with what I have, how is this impact? How does this feel to me? Like, okay, they're going to tell me I have to inject some thing into my body when I want natural immunity. F you guys. No, <laughs> you know, like no, no, you know? And so, yeah, then I'll start speaking up because it's directly coming into my life. But in terms of telling other people who, who can get married and who can do whatever. I'm like, that's none of my freaking business, yeah. you know? And I don't have enough information to really have an opinion on all this. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like we like to like mentally masturbate on all this stuff. It's like, oh, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like, um, 
so much of politics is like it's almost like talking about tv it's like talking about the kardashians <laughs> or something you <Yeah>. know <laughs> it's like you're is are all those opinions you have even going to do anything like I, i'm the kind of person that's like if i can't if i if i have a problem with something i'm going to like do something about it or i'm just going to like not even bother because otherwise i'm just spinning my wheels being stressed about stuff that i'm not even helping with or doing anything about like i hate that so anyway tangent ended <laughs> no 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 that's that's perfectly fine yeah and one thing that you kind of said there that's really important that i think a lot of people struggle with is just saying i don't know like yeah. there is in my mind at least a lot of power in saying that because if you say you don't know then you either okay well i accepted what i can't change or i'm going to gain the knowledge to change um my perspective on this or just do something that's going to help me navigate around whatever situation this is. And for a lot of mm -hmm. people, that's uncomfortable to just say, I don't know. And oh, yeah. <laughs> particularly in the political realm or even the nutrition realm, it is difficult for people to say they don't know. Because once again, your ideology typically wants you to you know, be an expert in this regards. And uh, I'm sure you see it just as much as I do, but when it comes to the nutrition stuff, everybody's an expert on nutrition. And, mm -hmm. you know, as somebody who's done hours and hours of research and hours and hours of podcasts on nutrition stuff, there's still mm -hmm. plenty of things I don't know. I mean, you know, there's plenty of stuff you could teach me and vice versa, but like, this is a very, very big world, and there's a whole ton of stuff to understand about nutrition and metabolism that a lot of people aren't just willing to say, like, well, maybe there are people who are more knowledgeable than me, and I'm not an expert on this, so therefore, I'm just going to have to be mm -hmm. open-minded about mm -hmm. the information that's presented to me and that mm -hmm. I can hear and mm -hmm. seek out. What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, we are brought to you by Element T electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio and sometimes even before workouts that my workout performance or definitely cardio performance would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body and let's say you drink a lot of caffeine like I like to do then um, maybe it is a good idea like I do every single morning. Um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Um, also it tastes really really good. Get some uh, chocolate creamer, hazelnut creamer, even coconut and uh, mix that all up. It tastes really really good. So uh, yeah, make sure you drop by, go to drinklmnt.com slash health and uh, pick you up some electrolytes today. Alright guys, thanks. Those are the people I respect the most. Mm -hmm. And you'll find like the more experienced someone is, the more educated and experienced someone is in nutrition, for example, the more you will hear them say that we don't really know. I don't, we, right. you know, like we don't really know that yet. They're comfortable saying that. It's usually the ego that comes out that needs to prove, just like I was talking about earlier with the, mm -hmm. you know, making money. It's like, I know everything. I, the ego wants to be seen as, amazing right and so it's like i know everything about nutrition and it's like yeah but bro like nobody knows that yet like i always yeah. say anybody who's acting like they have perfect knowledge of how the human body works i'm like okay make one like right here like make <laughs> one right now oh you can't okay so you have no idea how it works like you can't make a human body out of thin air you have no idea how it works right so like i fully own that like we have 
no idea. We have, we have learned a lot. We have learned a lot of really cool things, but like, for example, stuff that I used to think I knew, right? Like, oh, well, it just like, if you want to build lean mass, you just do one gram of protein plus per pound of body weight and blah, 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 and lift weights. And like, I know all this stuff. Now I'm doing stool tests with my clients. Oh my gosh. We are and we, there's so much we don't know about the microbiome. Like we're in like pre-junior kindergarten. We're in like preschool. But what we are learning is like rocking my world. I'm like, I have no business making nutrition recommendations for people having no idea what's going on in their microbiome. I could be literally decreasing their health by telling them to eat a metric ton of protein and they can't even digest protein and it's all fermenting in their gut and they're producing ammonia and hydrogen sulfide and getting inflamed. And now they're starting to develop leaky gut from all these, you know what I mean? And so like the more experience I become, the more questions I ask, <laughs> way more questions, the less apt I am to jump to conclusions um, the more willing I am to like fully excited. Like I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, I need feedback from you as we go through this process, right? Like, it's not like, well, this should work for you, Debbie. So just do what I say. It's like, mm, no, also I need feedback from you on how things are going and like being willing to shift, being willing to be open, you know, like I think, um, the more experienced we become in life, you know, my dad used to always say this when I was a teenager, he's Southern, right? He has a little Southern accent. He, he would always say, the older I get, the less I know, you know? And he used to always say that. And I always, and I'm like, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, th there's something beautiful about that. And that's um, what they call the Dunning-Kruger effect is that like people who start to learn a little bit of something in a given field think they know a lot. And then people who know a lot understand that like there is so much yeah. just left unturned and untouched oh, in a yeah. specific field. And that's what's really humbling about learning anything really is that over time you're going to see, oh, well, I still have so much more to go. But that's, once again, it's very exciting because it leaves a lot of potential for you to grow yes. and become better in whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, I think that's, for my personal opinion, is that's the whole purpose of life. Mm -hmm. I think that we are, you know, this is my personal belief systems, but um, I, I think that we are expressions of source energy or the divine or God or what, you know, whatever word people put on it. And that I do think that because of that, like we as like one, <laughs> like know everything. And in the purpose to me of incarnating in this ego form of Tara Garrison is to forget and to not know everything so that I can be open and learn and expand knowledge. So I guess I couldn't say God or what, you know, source knows everything. It's, it's always learning and growing. I think that's like why we incarnate like this. Like, that's how I see it. Like, for example, quick story. I was at a mastermind with a bunch of like world-class um, personal development speakers. Like these are guys that have been around, you know, have written the iconic books, you know, one of the guys, so one of the guys there was like the official, like motivational speaker for the white house for a long time. Mm -hmm. And somebody, one of the other guys there, who's an amazing speaker was talking, telling a story about him. And he was like, I'll never forget. I was at a, some conference and there was a new guy speaking and he's like, and I was sitting there like, Oh my gosh, this guy is just like not good. He's just like regurgitating stuff I've heard 5,000 times. And like, he's like, I was like totally tuned out and like, kind of like, you know, <laughs> losing my patience a little bit. Like this sucks. He's like, I looked down the row 
at this other guy, this, you know, the, like the most accomplished speaker at this thing. He's like, I look down at him. He's sitting on the edge of his seat with a notebook, feverishly writing down notes and saying, ah, oh. he's like, I learned such a lesson in that moment. He's like the, the, in the moment that we think that we know everything and that there's nothing left to learn is the moment we begin to suck. He's like, I realized that that mentality was holding me back. And the reason he's so good is because he looks at everything as a learning opportunity. The fact that he, he's probably, that guy was probably using quotes that he's used in his own personal speeches many times, but he was still finding the lesson. He was still finding the window of learning, you know? And to me, that's like, that's what makes life great is not knowing I yeah. love being curious. I love not know. I love not knowing. It is so fun. If you can like embrace that energy of like, wow, like it's, it's like, to me, that's why I love the human body. It's like exploring the ocean. It's like, wow, there's so much, there's so much uncharted territory or space, you know, and life in general is that way. So yeah, I love not knowing. I, I, I for a long time in my life, I thought I knew everything mm -hmm. and it was very crappy. <laughs> and it's fun when, if you can embrace not knowing and, and the energy of being like exploring, it's, it makes life like worth living. It's so fun. Yeah. And, and I mean, that speaks to one thing that you and I have kind of laid out already here is uh, just like not being dogmatic about stuff, because when you just choose, you know, your ideology and that's that, and you're sticking to it, then where's the fun when you already have the answer for everything. Right. And that's exactly right. what an ideologue is. It's just somebody who they have one answer to all the questions. Like, <clears throat> You know, most keto people are going to say, oh, sugar and seed oils are the enemies. Most vegans are mm -hmm. going to say all animal mm -hmm. products and fats mm -hmm. are the enemy. Mm -hmm. Like they have this one, you know, specific line that basically answers everything in their worldview. But, yeah. you know, once again, th the problem is, is that you're not willing to grow outside of that. And that's, once again, one more thing that I appreciate appreciated about your approach to stuff. So like, um, uh, like we talked on the last show, I started off carnivore, so I thought, okay, well, carbs make you fat. Sugar is bad for you, independent of calories. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you name the low-carb dogma, and I bought into it. And then over time, I was convinced otherwise. Like, okay, well, maybe all this stuff, like a lot of the claims of all this stuff being bad for you um, – yeah, I don't necessarily think that you should go out of your way to get them, but they're not bad outside of calories, right? And I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of like keto stuff now, right? Because keto is so mainstream. You go to the, you know, freaking Walmart and what do you see in the quick checkout? You're going to see keto mm -hmm. snacks lined all along the cash register essentially mm -hmm. now. So mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's kind of why I was really attracted to your approach of once again, do keto, but not forever. Because it is useful, but it's not like you just do this keto where you're eating, you know, what is it? Low carb donuts and Oreos. Um, it's actually even like whole foods just to kind of get blood sugar control. And for a lot mm -hmm. of people, it's going to help them regulate their appetite. But then you start reintroducing carbohydrates, whole foods like mm -hmm. potatoes, fruits and vegetables, and to get back to a state of health where you can perform well and feel better and also be more satiated. But once again, that's after maybe you do a like a session of low carb for a couple months to lose some of that weight and then, you know, kind of regulate your blood sugar levels and just kind of feel better overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny you're bringing this up. Cause I, so I had a, I use a company called microbiome labs for my stool analyses and they're awesome because they allow me as the professional to have a consultation with one of their doctors to go over the person's labs. I love it. I'm learning so much right now. And I 
was on a call with a, you know, naturopathic doctor this morning. And we, so he has no, he doesn't know who I am. I'm just like this random person that, you know, uses their stuff and books this call. And he starts, um, I had mentioned that this client had been keto, um, that he was looking at and that she had lost a significant amount of weight on a ketogenic diet and that we were currently in the process of reintroducing carbohydrates. And I was noticing all sorts of digestive stuff. And I was like, that's what brings us here. I wanted to see what was going on. And he said, um, you know, for her, she had high, uh, basically the pr- proteolytic fermentation. She, she wasn't, um, digesting proteins. Well, they are going into the colon and they're fermenting, which you don't want that to happen. So her ammonia was high hydrogen sulfide, like these gases are starting to come from the fermentation of the proteins. And he goes, yeah, I see this on keto all the time. He doesn't even know anything. He doesn't even know. I know about keto. He has no idea you know, who I am. He goes, I see this on keto all the time. He's like, you know, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of a ketogenic diet, just not for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, same here. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's, it was just another example of the whole reason I wrote short-term keto and the whole reason I started to speak up because it's, it's like religion. You know, I know plenty of people that from within the keto community, they're like, it's kind of like a cult. Like while it was in the peak of the frenzy, I feel like keto is kind of dying out and more professionals are starting to talk about what I'm talking about with metabolic flexibility. And like, you probably don't need to do it forever. But at that time that was not on the table in the keto. I'm not really super loved in the keto world. Right. Cause I'm basically like, it'd be like me going to a Christian conference and saying, do Christianity not forever. It's like, (laughs) "Mm." You know, it's like, I don't really like that, you know? <laughs> and so, um, for me, it was just at the time, in, in, this was in 2018 that I started to speak up. Um, at that time it was, you're literally an idiot. That, that was the energy. If you are not using ketones, the premier fuel source for the brain and body, and you're still a sugar burner, like it's like this derogatory thing. Like you're kind of like dumb, That that was the underlying energy under it. It was like, your brain isn't operating at full tilt. Like you don't get it. There was so much ego in it. It was like, we know better than everybody else. Like we have this exclusive information, which is very similar to like the super deep conspiracy theory type people who don't verify the information. It's just like, I know more than everybody else else. And I'm going to offend people like crazy, but I see religion get like that too. It's just like, I'm not even going to question some of these things that don't make sense to me because I know more than everybody else. And as long as it goes with this belief system, I'm pretty much going to buy it. Like I've heard people say things like, oh yeah, uh, sourdough bread is better. And I'm like, why is sourdough bread better? Um, I don't know. I just, I know Ben Greenfield likes it a lot. And like, it's just better. (laughs) And I'm like, so you're telling people that you're telling yourself that sourdough is better. And you don't even know why you believe that you just took it at face value. And by the way, it has lower gluten content, the way that, you know, that process goes with the sourdough fermentation, but, but they don't know that they just taking it at face value. And I saw this so much. It was just like regurgitation mania. It was like ketones are the premier fuel source, their preferred fuel source of the brain, uh, carbs inflame you carbs, make you fat carbs are trying to kill you. Um, you know, we, we get reactive oxygen species. These things are true, but they're not the whole story. So like, do you get oxidative stress when you eat carbohydrates? Yes. But in a healthy metabolism, does that then spur your own glutathione, endogenous glutathione production that is the trigger for you to create your own antioxidants and it takes care of itself if you are healthy and don't not inflamed out the wazoo or have high blood sugar or, you know, never exercise or things like that? 
But they don't tell that part of the story. It's just like carbs are inflaming you and making you sick. It's like, well, they could be depending on so many factors, but it's like, but it's this generalized dogmatic statement of, I saw this doctor, I had to follow, unfollow this lady. I can't even remember her name. I, I just unfollowed her because I was getting so triggered by the information, but she was like, it doesn't matter if it's quinoa or chocolate cake. You, the carbs are killing, it will kill you. And I'm like, okay, I just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be responsible. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to start posting a bunch of like ranting stuff that I don't need to go into, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I don't follow, but we happen that happens. That happens in the carnivore community. Like it's just, it's these dogmatic beliefs that everybody adopts to, because I get it. Like if you did keto and it really helped you or you did carnivore and you felt so much better, like you were literally depressed and couldn't even function in life. And then you did carnivore and all of a sudden, like you're feeling alive and amazing. And like, you've never felt better in your whole life because your dopamine's up. You're avoiding the things that your gut couldn't digest that was causing you to have poor neurotransmitter levels and all this inflammation. Like I understand like how easy it would be to get into a dogmatic view of like, this is the best thing ever. And let me find all the evidence to prove that this is the best thing ever. But what we don't do as human beings, I find is we don't one consider that other people are coming from a different place than we are. Right. Like, like just because you felt like that, that whatever host of issues you had in your body, that doesn't mean everybody has that. And two, we don't, it's like, we don't, it's just like you were talking about before. It's like, we don't question the the questioning. We don't go deeper. We, we, we stay like right here. And then we get in these dogmatic regurgitating statements that it's like, it's, it's hard to get people out of that. I mean, that's why the whole, a whole portion of my book was about restoring your relationship, your emotional relationship with carbohydrates. Because if you've been in that, it's, it's basically like <laughs> if somebody's had religious trauma, like having to like, um, have a healthy relationship with sex again after that is like really hard for people. It's yeah. the same thing. It's like carbs are bad. Sex is bad, 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 bad. They got to go through a whole healing journey. And that's what happens when we get in these like really dogmatic belief systems in nutrition too. So mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Well, like you kind of laid out there with the ego, it, it would be very easy. And I found myself in this camp as well and said, Hey, look, carnivore worked for me. So it should mm -hmm. work for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell absolutely everybody and show right. everybody the results that I got when I was on carnivore. Because, Understandable. Look, yeah. If you just see my results, then, you know, you, you should be able to get the same results that I got, but you know, it, it takes two seconds and a little bit of empathy to understand that like, hey, everybody's going to be a little bit different. And mm -hmm. then um, people may get different results from carnivore. And for some people, they just may not enjoy that kind of diet. And, you know, in my situation, as we kind of talked about a little bit in the last show, um, I was binging a lot. And I thought, oh, well, I, I just I, I can't adhere to this diet 100% of the time. And that's because I'm not a good enough person or not right. determined enough, right? right? Rather than just saying this diet isn't right for me and this right. is why i kind of like I, I never try to like come down on people and shake them until i'm like no no no, no don't do this but yeah. like i see people say oh well i'm i'm doing great on keto when i could stick to it but the problem is is like we've kind of been saying why don't you question why you can't stay on keto like mm -hmm. we should ask that question because if you're so great when you're on keto then why can't you stick to it 
is it possibly because maybe that's just not the right approach for you maybe mm-hmm. you should figure out once again what is the right approach for you maybe it's doing keto six out of seven days of the week and then one day of the week maybe you do like low fat or you have a cheat day or something like that mm-hmm. if that's the most sustainable um weight loss model or whatever model then maybe you should do that or maybe it is strict mm-hmm. keto for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time but mm-hmm. a lot of people just kind of see these dogmatic approaches no seed oils no sugar no this no fat no animal foods and it looks good but though once again it creates these hard rules where as soon mm-hmm. as they break you know those rules then it's you know mm-hmm. soft to the races fuck it we mm-hmm. already broke one rule let's mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. yeah it comes i think from all the programming that we all like i think every human being that is alive on the planet right now has been indoctrinated with this um self-abandonment type mindset of this is how you should be. So like, look what we do to kids. Like, it's like, okay, you go to school and it's like, you should sit still the entire time. You should not talk to the person next to you. Um, you should be able to focus on this thing that you don't care about. Okay. So my son, one of my kids is just starting middle school. I went to the middle school orientation. And I'm posting about it on my Instagram story. Cause I'm like, just being a smart ass, but I'm like, it was like one of the classes was college and career awareness. And I was like, Oh yay. I can't wait for them to tell Kyle where he can fit into this machine instead of encouraging him to like, see what he, you know, like it, yeah. I, I tell my kids all the time i'm like you you probably don't you're whatever you're gonna do for a living it might not even exist right now like what i'm doing for a living like what you're doing right now when you were a little kid there were no podcasts so like you couldn't have (laughs) even said i'm gonna have a podcast it didn't even exist you know and we're like expanding so rapidly but anyway my point is we've been indoctrinated into this you should this is good and this is bad and you should do like this and see all this evidence that this is good. So do that. And so we, we, we abandon ourselves. We like, we fall into these belief systems and maybe it works a little bit. Right. So we're like, okay. And then we don't, we're not real with ourselves about what you talked about. It's like, I just ate one carb and then I ate all the carbs and then I started drinking and then it spiraled into this whole weekend of just like complete binging. And it's like, Oh, I suck. I got to get back on keto and, you know, and rinse and repeat. And I can't tell you how many people I've worked with like that because nobody wanted to talk about it. These are people that have like keto accounts and how wonderful and sustainable this lifestyle is. And you get behind the scenes and they're binging like crazy, but they're not going to say that they're going to be like, yeah, I totally had like freaking every carb there was last weekend on their keto accounts, you know? And so, um, it's just, it's like, okay, let's remove all the shoulds. And it's just, how is this actually going for me? And coming back into yourself and being able to be like, okay. And that's what happened to me with keto. I mean, here I was prominent in the keto world. You know, I ran the Boston Marathon in ketosis. I'm sharing it all over social media. I'm coaching people full time on keto. Like I was so like wrapped into it. And I was just getting this intuitive, like, God damn, can I just have an apple? Can I just, if I could just have like a pound of strawberries at the end of this meal, I know I'd be good. But instead I'm like eating like 2000 calories worth of nut butter because I don't feel satiated at the end of my meals. And finally I was just done with that. I was just like, I know this is working for my clients. I know this works for a lot of people. It's not working for me. 
I don't like how this feels anymore. I liked how it felt in the beginning and now it's not feeling so good. And that is when just honoring that in myself is what led to speaking up and my whole body composition got better. My athletic performance went up. I, I was perfectly satiated with me. I let, lost all these like weird kind of maniacal overeating things that started happening to me on keto. And I just felt balanced and healthy and good again. And so that's why I started talking about it. But you know, I just encourage that for everybody. It's just like, how is this actually going? It's like, okay, you're vegan. Is it actually going well for you? Yes. Okay, great. But don't lie to yourself if it's not. Like, are you obese? Are Do you have like deficiencies? Do you feel crappy all the time? Are you having cravings for meat and then shaming yourself that you shouldn't? Or same thing with carnivore. Are you having cravings for like potatoes and you're like, no, bad. That's just the bad me. It's just like, don't abandon yourself. Be real with yourself and allow yourself to forge your own path of what's right for you versus falling into this. Like my teacher said, I should blah, blah, blah. You know, this carnivore person said that's bad. So I'm just going to immediately adopt that belief system of that's bad. Like, nah, we got to stop with that. It's beneath yeah. us. Yeah. It, it's almost like, actually pretty much is like being in a cult because I see all these people who are keto and the people who promote a keto diet and they'll tell you once again, all the things of, of their ideology. Well, you can't have seed oils because they're going to make you inflamed. And and they mm -hmm. never explain what inflammation is. They just say, oh, you're, well, you're inflamed. Okay. Well, is this right. like a, just an acute response? Cause you know, exercise makes you inflamed too. So, to, so does eating some things, but you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they just say, oh, it makes you inflamed. Um, mm -hmm. This makes you bloated. They just throw out these mechanistic terms that sound bad, but they never elaborate on it. And then yeah. they also never have any like data or evidence that in hu human randomized trials that actually kind of prove out what they're saying. Like, oh, mm -hmm. well, look at all these problems with artificial sweeteners, but then they never explain to you, okay, well, the studies done were mostly on rodents. It's super physiological doses. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that frustrates me about a lot of this kind of dogma when it comes to giving people hard rules is that you're also kind of taking away the ladder from beneath you and like when it comes to like diet pop, right? My wife had literally came over and gave me this diet caffeine free Pepsi. Um, for, for some people, um, something with like artificial sweeteners instead of sugar, maybe just eating strawberries instead of a candy bar or some stupid trade-offs like that uh -huh. may be the key to health for some people yep. versus going keto or going vegan. Like you should leave all options on the table for all people to find what works for them rather than just trying mm -hmm. to, you know, throw one specific dogmatic line of thinking at them. Because once again, we want to be able to give the, you know, the ladder to health to everybody rather than just the people who can follow with your specific um doctrine mm -hmm. i okay so like remember how i was saying like ask people why they think what they think so artificial sweeteners i love talking about this okay so like sucralose for example i mean especially in my world the holistic health optimization biohacking keto like this crowd like sucralose is like are you like are you an idiot or like like everybody <laughs> knows that that's bad like duh yeah. right and so i'm like so why, why do you think it's bad? And the, the, the answers are somewhere along the lines of, well, it's, it's fake. It's a chemical. So of course it's bad. Okay. But like, but like, what does it do in the body? Because we're being exposed <laughs> to chemicals all the time, yeah. all day, every day. So like, what, why, what exactly does it do? Why is it such a high risk? Well, it's just, I mean, there's plenty of studies that say it causes cancer. I'm like, are there? 
<laughs> have you actually right. looked Day into one. that? They don't know. Cause like, I, like, I really looked into this. I was like, I want to know. I'm very curious. And like, here's an example. One of the studies was saying that sucralose spikes blood sugar. And I'm like, there's, I, I like in everyone, like I'm having a really hard time believing that real hard time believing that. I, I mean, I know that's not true in some cases. So like, let me look into this. That study specifically, they had added maltodextrin to the sucralose. Maltodextrin is sugar. So right. they, they like spiked the study. I'm like, how, but everyone just reads the high, the headline of just sucralose spikes blood sugar. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is not cool. You know? And so it's just like, for me, I run into so many, I would say a lot of people in the health optimization world that end up coming to be my clients I would say they're nearly orthorexic, a lot of them, by the time. They, they, if they go to a restaurant with family and there's industrial seed oils, they cannot even enjoy the experience. They're all up in their – they're disconnected from everyone, and they're all up in their head about what they're going to do about all this damage that's being done to their body because of the seed oils and the food. And I'm like, what do you think is going to be more damaging to your health? That small dose of seed oils at this one restaurant that you don't eat at very much? Or the fact that you're stressing the entire time you're eating, not having social connection, right. not bonding. Like, what do you think is going to be worse for your health? Unless you have some sort of crazy high inflammation level, like, I don't even then. I'm like, I think stressing about it this much and being so disconnected from everyone around you is more damaging to your health than the three tablespoons of seed oils that you just ingested. I really do. And, um, you know, it's it's not that I'm saying, like, that we shouldn't care about these things and look into them and all of that. But I am concerned about, of, of course, like, you know, if I buy chips, I buy them cooked in avocado oil. Mm -hmm. But did I go to Cubby's yesterday and have some sweet potato fries with my friend that I damn well know were not cooked in avocado oil? Yes. Am I worried about that at all? No. Because <laughs> overall, mostly I eat really nutritiously. And it's like, the fact that we, we it's it's like this fear mindset. Everything's bad. Everything's going to hurt me. You know, like I'm still not sure where I stand on EMFs. I get so many companies hitting me up about EMF stuff. And I'm like, I don't know where I stand yet on that. Even though everybody in my world is like, yeah, we have plenty of data to show that they are damaging. I'm like, yeah, not enough time though, in my opinion. Like if they are really, I, I, I'm not saying they're not, but I'm like, do I see everybody who has a cell phone have like freaking cancer on the right side of their brain all of a sudden? No, I don't see that. I'm not saying it can't do that, but like we, without enough data, we jump into these like bad, 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 bad. It's going to hurt me. It's like a fear mindset. And I don't like that. I would write, it's, I'm a little bit more innocent till proven guilty than be afraid of everything just because somebody said it's scary kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, when I was, um, carnivore for the longest time i was terrified of seed oils and artificial sweeteners and then i'd pick up something and see oh it has like two grams of carbohydrates in this bag of beef jerky i can't have that right it, it's just such an unhealthy place to be because it's it like is. do you really think like this little bit of sucralose this little bit right. of canola oil soybean oil is this right. really killing you like your body is not that weak yeah, yeah, like, do, do you really think we would have survived over millions of years yeah. if this shit would take us out? Like, it, come on, get rid of And he, here's another thing that fits this whole conversation. So <laughs> erythritol, okay? Erythritol, I have never seen a sugar replacement wreck people's guts the way I see erythritol do that. I personally have never seen sucralose cause massive 
digestive issues in anyone. I personally, I mean, maybe that's happened, but I've never seen it. I've never seen somebody. I have seen people literally like can't get off the toilet for hours or bloated to the point that they look like they're nine months pregnant from erythritol. But in the, in the world of keto and all these things, like for some reason, erythritol is okay. And I look at that like, okay, if there's one thing I know for sure, if something is wrecking your gut microbiome to that level, I am way more concerned about that than this theoretical maybe sucralose causes cancer. That's just where I stand. I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm like, you directly had an experience in which that created massive gut issues for you, but because nobody's saying it's bad, you're like, well, I guess it's good. You know, it's like, I don't, I just feel like we don't question things until somebody tells us how to think about it. It's like, if, if they say, if, if, if the experts say it's good, it's good. If the experts say it's bad, it's bad. And I'm just going to like, be the, sorry to say like, kind of like this little sheet that just goes along with whatever I'm told. No, I don't like that kind of thing. Right. So, so I think that also goes to what you like to uh, focus on a lot, which is mindset. So I, I guess, um, if that were already like 45 minutes in, um, I'm, I'm curious what you would t- ask or kind of like direct people to, to start getting them to change their mindset about the way that they look at their own health and their behaviors. Because in order to change your health, obviously one of the most important things that you're going to have to change is behavior overall, because anybody can, you know, starve themselves for a couple of weeks, but then they'll more than likely gain all the weight back because mm-hmm. you know you didn't change your mindset, you didn't change your behavior surrounding mm-hmm. food. So, what would be kind of like some of the things that you do to change people's ideas and their mindset to improve their health? All right, hear me out because it's going to sound kind of like you'll see. <laughs> I think the biggest problem in health is that people don't know what love is, and they don't have a any sort of relationship with their body. All right, everybody, we're going to take a little break from the show real quick to tell you about the show's sponsors. I am now working with the great Stephen Fox to bring you Fox and Sons coffee. As you can see, I got two bags right here, or for those listening, I was holding two bags. Um, It is organically roasted up in Michigan. If you're a caffeine addict, much like myself, um, then head over to foxandsonscoffee.com to get yourself some of their fantastic coffee. They got a light roast, which I'm holding in my hand. Um, They have the electric boogaloo blend which is fantastic as well i just had it this morning and if you're like me you like dark roast coffee which kicks you right in the freaking face first thing in the morning um they have that for you as well so head over to foxandsonscoffee.com use code kyle k-y-l-e to get yourself a little discount let them know that i sent you and um get yourself caffeinated get jacked and tan and do what you got to do all right guys back to the podcast thanks so this is what i mean by that it's all outside in thinking it's all like how how do I look to everyone else? And then on top of it, it's, it's, I see this like in social anxiety a lot. And it's the same thing with the body. It's, I use other people. I project my own judgments on myself as if other people are thinking that about me. So I have to look a certain way for my husband to think I'm attractive or my boyfriend to think, or my girlfriend or my wife to think I'm attractive. Or, um, I have to, you know, if I want to be the man, I got to have big muscles and, you know, be shredded and lean and jacked in order for people to think I'm like somebody. Right. And so it's all this like outside in complete disconnection from self type thinking. And so like, usually where I, where I have to start people is like, like, we have to work on a reconnection to self process. It's just like everything we've been talking about. It's just like, what do they say? What should I be? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to do. It's like, 
okay. So like, for example, the client call that I had right before this, we were talking about this. And so a helpful process that I do with my clients is like, so my, we meditate, we're, we're meditators, right? And so like, that's a big part of my coaching is like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to kind of like be on your ass about this. Like we're, you're going to start meditating. Like that's, that's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, in, in the beginning of meditations, what I like to do to help somebody like get into like a healthy mindset about how they're approaching their body is to feel, first of all, just feel their body, just feel it. Like just become aware and then to start talking to their body. Like, Hey, like, how are you doing? And just noticing, like, do you feel a lot of tightness in your back or your lumbar spine? Or like, how does your abdominal wall feel? Or like, if you're sitting, you know, cross-legged, like, does that hurt? Or, you know, like what, what's actually going on? Do I have throbbing pain in my foot? Like stuff I've just been ignoring, like just noticing that. And then you start talking to your body. Like, first of all, gratitude. It's like, Hey, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing for me. So I see the body as like a separate being from me and it's been really cool. And I really highly recommend it. I actually see it as a bunch of beings, but, um, I treat my body as a, like a, a cumulative group of beings. That's like this, you know, I have a relationship with it. So it's like, okay, thank you for everything you're doing. I have no idea how you do most of the stuff you do. I'm really, really nerdy about the body and I have no idea how it's doing most of the things that it's doing. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even know like fully what makes women go into labor. Like we don't know anything. We're like the immune system, the gut microbiome, we don't know anything. We're so barely like, <laughs> not even there. I mean, we're still at the point where we're like, well, maybe dopamine is a neurotransmitter and a hormone we just found out. Like, you know what I mean? We're still learning so much. So first of all, I just think it. I'm like, I don't know how you're doing all the stuff you're doing, but like, thank you for everything you're doing. Like, holy crap. Like, think about it. Think about your cardiovascular system, your gut microbiome, your brain, your cellular function, your liver, all your organs, like blood delivery mechanisms, like hormone, hormonal system. Like it's unbelievable. All the things that it's doing that so that you get to experience this awesome, cool earth life adventure that we're on. Right. So I'm like, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. And then I will just say, is there anything that you need? And I just listen. And I just play with it. I'm just like, sometimes I'll hear like so much freaking fish oil, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. And I just play, I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. I haven't been taking my fish oil, right? Or I'll hear like, so sleep, dude, duh. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, I got you. Or like hit the pedal metal in the gym. Like, let's go. I'm like, okay, cool. Or, you know, take it easy. Just walk today. Yeah, I, I just play with it. I don't, it's just like, just try it. Trust me. Because all it does is anchor you into yourself. And the other thing that I really like to help people with in terms of getting past the programming of how they should look, you know, I was on a call with um, all my clients yesterday and we only had women on that call. And I was looking at them. I, I coach men too, but it was just on this call. It was all women. And I was like, look at us. Do any of us look anything like each other? Like our, our builds, our structures, our body composite, like literally nothing like each other. We're all so different, different heights, different shapes. Like, and, but like, we all receive this programming that we should be like whatever you see on TV or, you know, this ideal. And I'm like, we're never going to look like that. You're never going to, I'm never going to look like that. You're never going to look like, like th- that's not ever going to happen. So it's like, in terms of healing from that kind of programming, it's like, okay, I like to say, this is what I just did with my client. It's like, I want you to go into like a vision state. I want you to get in deep in meditation. And I want you to imagine that you're the only person left on the planet. Everyone's gone. It's like, I am legend style. It's just you. 
what do you see yourself doing and how do you want to feel in your body? I don't want you to really see yourself. I want you to be in your body and be doing these things. How do you want to feel in your body? And then ask your body like what it needs in order for you to feel like that and honor that. And so it's like this constant, like bringing yourself back inside yourself versus getting out of like the programming of what you should do. It's like, you will, yes. Can I help? Can people, yeah. But like, you also need a coach that's willing to listen to you and like work with you and understand that you're individual and like go through this very unique process with you to get there. If you're going to, you know, it's like, I've had coaches, I have higher coaches that they're like, do it like this. And I'm like, dude, I feel like shit. And I think I'm overtraining and I'm not sleeping. And they're like, well, buck up buttercup, you know, I'm just like, mm. um, and so that it's just, if you will reconnect to yourself, build a relationship with your body and just start showing up for it, just like you would your kid, it would be like with your kids, you judging how much you love them based on what they look like. That's I mean, hopefully there's not no parents that that would be like insane. I can't ever like that. That's un, unreal. But that's how we are with ourselves. We have this conditional love relationship of with our bodies that the, their only value is what they look like. And they're like, hello, I just freaking fought off cancer for you. And like, am like regulating your blood sugar and clearing your brain and consolidating all your memories and pumping blood every freaking second for almost a hundred years. And like, you can't show gratitude for any of that. And all you care about is what I look like. Like, it's so messed up. So that in terms of mindset in regards to health and the body is like, it's, we've got to, we, in order to get past the programming we've all received, we got to go inside. And we're going to start reconnecting to ourselves and you will find our path so much faster once we start doing that. Wow. Yeah. I may need to clip that entire bit out and uh, put that on the channel by itself. Cause that's uh, <laughs> that's an awesome way to look at it. Um, I, I had this, uh, this moment. Um, I, I started taking my wife to the gym with me and unfortunately she broke her finger a couple of weeks back. So she hasn't been able to go back since, but um. I remember watching her do tricep extensions and I just had like this moment where I was overcome with joy because I saw that she had learned what I was teaching her and had became like good at it. Yeah. And then <laughs> I want to say it was like a week or two after that, she sent me a video of her doing a deadlift and like doing her personal best on it. So my wife's like 180 ish pounds, I think. And um, uh -huh. she was doing, it was, um, we do the trap bar deadlift because I had overcome a back injury and obviously it's just a lot easier uh -huh. to do with the trap bar. So she yeah. sent me a video of herself doing a trap bar deadlift with over, with over 200 pounds for like three reps. And I saw him like, or she went for another rep and she couldn't get it up. But like, it's just awesome. me really proud to see her yeah. like working her ass off and knowing that she was competent. And this was something that I passed on to her. So I'm sure you kind of get the same feeling of graciousness when you work with your clients by seeing like what you were able to teach them and how you basically molded them into more competent and capable people. But it wasn't necessarily that you did that, but it was the fact that like, right. hey, you gave them the tools to become better people. Yeah, it's it's an overriding sense of like just happy for them and, and a lot of respect for them, yeah. right? Because it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm grateful that I was able to introduce them to things, but like it's, it literally is all them. Like your wife, like you could have, you know, if she was a different person, like you could have taught her and she could have just opted to not like internalize any of that. And like, 
she had to want that for herself. If you're going to deadlift over 200 pounds as a woman, it's like, there's something internal going on. And it's like, it's really cool. It's like, oh, that's so cool. But it's like, it's, you're just so happy for them that they're discovering their own strength and like having those moments. And it's so much like I was just talking about, it's like, that's an internal thing that happened in her. Cause otherwise, I mean, I used to be my poor ex-husband. Like I would say, like, I was the like little brat face wife that was like, I can't do this. This sucks. I don't like it. Like I was that person when I, I used to not lift weights, you know, I was a little marathon runner and I'm like, I don't like this. I don't know how, but right. So I was disconnected from myself. I, I was disconnected from that activity, you know? And so, yeah, it is an honor to like introduce people to things, but also it's like so much respect for them of like, cause there has to be something that clicks inside of them that they want that for them. And it's really like, just so heartwarming. Even when client, like I had clients send me some videos the other day, one of them had like these amazing pull-ups and another one had like these awesome deadlifts. I didn't teach them that they've been doing that since before they came to me, but it was, it was still this feeling of like, hell yeah, girl, like that is a really good deadlift. Like just happy for you, you know, like that's badass. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, it speaks to like the fact that they genuinely want to improve, right? Because like anybody can just go to the gym and do a workout and kill themselves doing it. But like when they're sharing this with other people or showing that they competently do it or like want to share it with somebody else that shows that like, Hey, I'm actually passionate about this. And this is, I'm sharing this with you because I actually genuinely care about it. And they, they believe And obviously you do, and obviously I do, that you care about them doing that. And there's something very empowering about that because they feel a lot more encouraged to keep going. Yeah, it's very connecting. It's like, oh, like, thanks, thank you for sharing that with me. And also that's badass. I'm happy for you. Like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of the other things that, uh, you had talked about on your Instagram story, I, I can't remember what it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure you were in an airport and <laughs> this has been something that's still kind of odd to me because we're almost, you know, three years later is walking around the airport and still seeing people with, with masks on and still like just being terrified to live life. And, and as we've kind of laid out throughout this whole show, it, it's like, there's so much to be grateful for and you really only do get one life and to the greater like meta idea of all this, like you literally do have one chance to rock and roll. So to still be terrified of a cold that's going around or thinking that, um, carbohydrates are under your bed waiting to kill you or the the air is going to come out and kill you like you should want to go out and live life to the fullest even if that is the case like even if your worst nightmare was to come true that still shouldn't scare you away from just enjoying every last little second you get on the earth and i feel like a lot of people are still kind of cowering in fear and that's not to say that they don't have reason to and that they are bad people or anything like that but like you can't just live your life thinking that you, you know, just you're a perpetual victim. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, that makes so many things come to mind. Like one is 
I have compassion on people who have anxiety because I yeah. think a lot of a lot of these people just have like really severe anxiety and they don't know why mm -hmm. they have such severe anxiety and it's usually a, in my experience a, a combination of unhealed trauma and usually gut issues or some sort of health issue mm -hmm. and so I see people you know like I remember even during the whole thing like once people didn't have to wear masks anymore I saw this woman on the plane next to me and she was just wiping down like I don't want those wipes personally like I don't want them messing up my skin microbiome and like I definitely don't mm -hmm. believe in like this you know uh, what do they call it like the parched earth like just super sanitized like that's so bad like that's uh i mean not i shouldn't say bad but it's it's just so like not nature and not good for the you know balance it's just like our microbiomes like you can't wipe out everything you freaking die you know so um anyway I saw her wiping down everything like crazy. And like, I think I like coughed or so I didn't, I wasn't even sick. I think I was just like choking on my spit or something. And I coughed and she like, I mean, she looked over at me. I was across the aisle from her, like with so much fear. And I just, I had so much compassion on her. Like, I was just like, that sucks, you know? And I don't know what, I don't know if she just has anxiety. Maybe she has some, you know, she's on the verge of dying from some disease and she, but I, I learned through that process to have compassion on people who are living in fear. I'm like, I'm really glad that I, and I'm not trying to say everybody who was afraid of getting it was living in fear. Maybe they had some sort of, you know, like I said, like severe health issue. And they're like, that would probably like push me over the edge. I, I get that. Um, I think the story you're referring to <laughs> was me being really bratty, but I was like, I had kind of gotten to the point. It was, this was a recent trip. And I was like, you know, I kind of respect the people who are still wearing masks that were like the super pushy ones because at least they stood for something. Because I was like, if people are still dying from this thing and you were calling me a murderer two years ago for not wearing a mask, for not wanting, I still wore it in places, but I didn't want, I didn't feel like it was my obligation when other people could just wear their own. I was like, I don't understand this forcing thing. Like they can, we, they can just wear it, you know? And I actually want to get it. So I build natural immunity. Like, why can't you allow me to make my own choice on that? Like, you know, when other people can protect themselves. So anyway, I mean, I, yeah, I lost thousands of followers over the years and so many people were just like, you know, it, it ranged from the irate hate type of comments to the very educated doctors that were like, this is, you know, not okay, Tara, like, you know, just so much stuff. And, um, I was like, I kind of respect the people still wearing, still wearing masks because at least they really believed that I'm like, if people are still dying and you we're all that time we're saying you should protect people. You should still effing be wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys are the ones that I respect the least because you didn't stand for something. That's how I see it. Like you just were doing what you were told. You were just going with the flow. You didn't want to shake the boat. You wanted to be seen as a certain type of person. But if people are still dying from this thing and all that time you were virtue signaling like crazy of like, I'm just trying to protect other people and they're still dying from it and you're not still wearing one, you're full of shit. That's how I see it. I'm like, yeah. you're full of shit. And so I actually kind of respect the people that are so, and they're like, oh, well, it's not as, I'm like, no, people are still dying from it though. So like, there's no way around that, whether it's as bad or whatever. No, if people are still dying for you, you were trying to protect people. Like you're not, you're not being honest with yourself. You're not like, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. That's how I see that. And so, yeah, I like, for me, it's, there were so many like toxic mentalities with that whole thing of like, it's my job to save everyone else. 
And it's like, no, it's not. It's their job to protect themselves. So the people, if people still want to protect themselves and they're still worried about it, cool. But I respect your decision to do that, you know? And do I see it? Yeah, kind of like you do of like, I don't know their backstory, but if it is just, they're just afraid, that's all it is. They're just afraid. I mean, that in my, I, I, I guess I shouldn't judge, but I do feel like it, that would suck to live that way. It's just like the <laughs> being afraid of every seed oil, every ingredient, every, you know, there's an air freshener in here. And I know some people are sensitive to stuff, but it's just like, if you're not sensitive to it and you're just like afraid of everything like that, ugh, I don't, I definitely don't want to live that way. I'd rather go out like dying, like living like balls to the wall, guns blazing. Like, you know, that's definitely more my de- desire. I'm like, if I die, I die. I'd rather like freaking live my life free than <laughs> live in fear my entire life. But yeah, I, I have compassion. I have compassion on people who are afraid. Um, I just don't like it when the people who are afraid are trying to force other, trying to control other people out of their fear. And that was my whole problem with all of the force stuff during that time period. Yeah. And that's completely understandable. I feel like now we're almost at a point though, where it's like you have the official narrative and then like the counter narrative where you have people saying that the treatment is killing absolutely everybody, which I don't agree with. And then you have people who who are saying that, well, this treatment is 100% safe, 100% safe and effective and everybody should take it. And it's like, okay, well, there is a middle ground here because yeah, yeah. you could find data that supports both. As in like, you may see that in some older people, maybe there was some benefit for that treatment. I couldn't tell you for sure. But then there are studies to the other side that say, hey, maybe for younger people, this isn't exactly as safe as we've been told. But once again, one side's going to tell you that you have to say the treatment's killing everybody and it's a depopulation uh, conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. And then you have the other side that just toes the, you know, the Pfizer narrative saying that this is 100% safe and effective and absolutely everybody should get it. And it, it is difficult to be in the position that I'm in and what yeah. I feel like you're probably in the same yeah. lane of where you just say like, no. I'm going to be honest about what I see and about the data that I've read. And I'm going right. to give you my honest opinion. I'm not going to take one dogmatic take or the other. Exactly. And I'm like, and you can take whatever take you want, I, I don't, you know, but don't force me to take your take. Right. That's the only thing. Like I, I, for me, the, the most alarming thing of the whole thing was like, I am not going to just sit here. I was willing to lose my whole business over it. I really thought I was going to have all my social media accounts like deleted and that would be very devastating for my business. Like I would have to just go get a job somewhere or like round up local people or something, you know what I mean? All of my clients come from social media. And so, but I was willing to let it all go because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and do nothing while we set the precedent for future generations that there can be a mass hysteria and we just give up our rights to choose for ourselves. No, I will not. I will. I would literally die to prevent that from happening. That's where I was at. You know, I have kids and I'm like, if we set this precedent, that big scary thing happens. And then the government takes away your job and your livelihood. If you don't inject yourself with their new experimental thing, like I would die fighting Lily. That's where I was at. Like a hundred percent. Like I would literally die over this. That's how strongly I feel about it. So losing my business was like nothing. I was like, so be it. Um, and it wasn't a matter of like trying to convince anyone. It was just representing a voice that I know a lot of people had, like we did, that was underrepresented and saying, Hey, you're not a lot like, this is how I feel too. 
well, I'm not okay with this either. And I know that that gave a lot of people straight. A lot of people told me that they're like, thank you for speaking up. Cause it's like kind of scary to speak up about this stuff right now. I'm like, <laughs> you think <laughs> so it's just, you know, um, I think it's important that I think it's important to allow other people to feel how they feel and also not silence yourself out of fear of them not liking what you have to say. Right. So I'm the same way with religion. I'll just be real. I can't stand religion. My life, I had, I've still, I'm still having to do so much reprogramming on my life because of religion. Like it's, it was a lot to overcome and I'm still working through it. I don't like, I, I will talk about that all day long. If people wanted me in that religion that I was in, by, by all means, I like, I'm, I'm not here to convince them to not be, but I'm still going to speak up about what I experienced. And it's the same way. I'm the same way with everything. It's like, I'm not going to be afraid to speak how I feel. You don't have to feel how I feel, but I'm still going to say how I feel if I want to. And I'm not going to live in fear of like, maybe people aren't, people aren't going to like me if I just am who I am. Like I'm always going to be that way. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I see a lot of my friends kind of going back to religion. Well, I shouldn't necessarily say back, but like I see the attraction of it and I consider myself like an agnostic theist. So um, I don't necessarily believe or disbelieve, but um, if mm -hmm. pressed one direction or the other, I would say I probably believe that there is a God out there, but I, I get the appeal of it. But I think it, it kind of goes back to the larger conversation that we've had is that some people really want to belong to something. Some people yeah. really want to have an ideology that answers all their questions yeah. and leaves all the stones, you know, turned so that yeah. way there can right. be no doubt in their mind. And for a lot of people, that seems to be where religion kind of fills their gap and they're not comfortable with saying that they just mm -hmm. don't know. Or in, in some situations, I'm starting to see now people say, well, it's demons that are affecting these people rather than just saying like, these people have a difference of opinion of me and um they're yeah. they're they're just their belief isn't mine so it's a lot easier to say oh well they're possessed by demons and that's why they disagree with me they're just sincerely bad people rather than considering mm -hmm. that these people have different motives or different goals than them yeah it's funny it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier like um i'm still single and dating and i realized for me personally i'm like i don't think i could be i i, I don't think i would it would work for me with anyone who wasn't, um, didn't qualify themselves as some sort of agnostic of not knowing, because if they're super religious, that means they are in the mindset of like, I know stuff and I'm not, I'm not comfortable. That's how I see it. Sorry, I'm going to offend people, but this is my personal belief system. Like how I, you know, approach things. It's just like lack of comfort with not knowing. And then even atheism is like, it's still, it's the polar opposite. It's still, I know there's not a God. And then the one is I, know all this stuff and like i for me personally what aligns with me is this more like there's a lot i don't know I'm, I'm i'm willing to sit in the discomfort which actually after a while doesn't really feel like discomfort i'm willing to just accept that there's a lot i don't know and i'm willing to learn and see and evolve and like i don't want to get stuck in this i know how it all works belief system. So it kind of goes, I mean, that's me and, you know, my spiritual beliefs, my nutrition beliefs, my training, my political, it's just like, I don't know. I'm going to kind of play it as I go. I'm going to flow with it as I go, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, Tara, we've been uh, talking for about, I want to say a little over an hour now. Um, it was very enjoyable the first time and this time um, very much so as well. Um, I, I got a couple more questions for you and then we'll uh, rock and roll out of here. Um, First one, what does liberty look like to you? Ooh, liberty. I mean, what comes to mind for me is like this 
like deep sense of satisfaction of um a, a deep inner sense of freedom like a deep inner sense of satis it, i don't know liberty to me has a maybe i you know don't know the definition but like when i think of liberty it's like mm, like i put in the work and i like am connected to this deeper sense of freedom within myself and there's like a feeling of satisfaction around it that's yeah that's what it means to me hmm. i uh i really like that definition um <laughs> what does health look like to you health um hmm very similar um it's I, I both of these with health too i get this it's it's a very deeply internal sense of connection of knowing that you not only feel good and you know you feel good but that you trust yourself to manage anything that comes your way if you start to not feel good that you'll adjust to that and you know and so it's like yeah just like i was talking about in the episode it's just like it's it's a it's a deeply personal sense of i feel good you know and 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 i trust myself that if i start to not feel good that i'll do whatever it takes to feel good again you know and i also accept that sometimes i'm not going to feel good because i might get sick or whatever and that's okay it's like this deep flowy energy of like self trust and like caring how you feel <laughs> nice uh where can everybody find you uh social media probably the best is instagram um tiktok and facebook and it's just coach tara garrison is my you know handle on all of those and then my website is taragarrison.com uh, my podcast is called Inside Out Health Podcast with Coach Cher Garrison. It'll say on there. Um, and I also have an app in the App Store and on Google Play, and it's the Coach Tara app, and that's training, nutrition, mindset, and biohacking. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think everybody's going to get a lot out of it. I know I certainly did, and I'll probably listen to it um, again and uh, re relive this uh, awesome conversation. So, yeah, if you don't got anything else, we'll close her out. All right. Thanks so much, Kyle. Of course. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.